Welcome to the Lions Den. I always feel like Tom Hackett comes in a little too quickly before we get the real beat. Myself, Spencer Warren, alongside me, Mary Gash. Also, you kind of roar the Lions Den. Lions Den. Lions Den. No, no, uh, Tom Hackett today. Mum and Dad are in town. Over oh, good. From the the uh, the lovely land of Australia. Mm-hmm. I like to refer to it as the other island full of criminals. <laughs> is that where we're starting today? We're, we're already starting. Huh? Where we started. Oh. We might want to. Sorry, we Tom. are literally forty seconds into the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Maddie? I'm great. I actually, interestingly enough, here we're going to get a little more Matt Gash history here. Here we go. Uh, my family, uh, distant, distant family. Uh, emigrated from Germany. Immigrated, emigrated, emigrated. Yeah, emigrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from Germany, and um, half of them came to the states, and half of them went to Australia. And apparently, it was at a time when Germany was shipping their criminals to Australia. Oh, the same as the English. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and okay. and so I asked. It was a distant uh, family member in Australia. I was like, so wait, were we the criminals or were we the <laughs> law enforcement? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've got some family in Australia and, and, uh, I think in Queensland. Yeah. Um, so, so shout out to the folks in Australia that are the Gash family in Australia listening. Dealing out prison tats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome into the lion's den. Uh, what a great start to the show. A uh, lot to, to talk about, to be honest with you. Obviously we'll miss Tom. He'll be back next week. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll uh, miss him now. Well, you know, just in case it goes. Oh, not after some of these the comments you've already been making. <laughs> uh, I'll be talking about golf. Um, but loss at the weekend, tough one because it was very winnable, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, um, Team played a little bit slow, and and, and I I met uh, at halftime. I saw uh, Craig Weibel, and mm-hmm. we were talking. I said, Look, I feel like we're a better team. He goes, Absolutely, better team. Just pedestrian. If we speed it up, uh, they're there for the right. taking. And and I think that's a lot of what you heard in Mike Petke's post game, just about the speed of delivery of balls, and and if it's a skipping ball, if it's whatever it is, it was just so um, almost mechanical. In, in how it was done, almost like to a degree, like a training session kind of like, okay, we're going to swing the ball from left to right. Ready, go. Okay. Next guy touches it. Yeah. Next guy, you know, and it, and it goes along the line. Um, I think on one level, that's one thing that, and, and it's what Mike said post game that RSL needed to do better that game. I think on another level, a huge credit to Portland. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, Again, Mike said it in the week leading up that he hadn't the the, the coaching staff rated Portland as the most uh, organized defensive team, and we saw that uh, you, you, their blocks of four were I don't want to say impossible to break down, but very very difficult to break down, and you saw in the first half. Um. Rather than trying to slalom through that midfield, which is a very strong midfield, you're seeing a lot of balls over the top and a lot of offside calls. They're much easier to go over or around than through yes. Portland. Um, and they just didn't see as much success with that as um, maybe they'd hoped. Um, and... And then late in the game, I think he just saw frustration on RSL's part because over's not working, around's not working, mm-hmm. through's not working. Like the, there was, I hate to say, a lack of ideas because I feel like they've they tried everything, 
Yeah. But it, it just gets to a point where you're like, all right, what else can we do at this point? They're just not going to be broken down. And at that point with the 2-1 lead, they're even tighter in the back. It, I, I, I think that game uh, it was a huge credit to what they've done in Portland in the last little bit, um, just in finding their uh, defensive identity, particularly with the stretch of road games where – um, as as difficult as that is, at some point you kind of fall into a rhythm of this is how it works when we're playing on the road, and now they're eight nine games into it, and they know what that feels like. They that becomes more the norm than staying in your own bed. Yeah, um, and mean- and again, just huge credit to them and and how they've kind of come together over the stretch of the last eight nine weeks. Uh, they've played nine games now all on the road mm-hmm. with uh, Providence Park still going under renovation. The pitch, I think, is going is being laid this week, which would be good for them. They're going to be an absolute nightmare when they get home. There's, mm-hmm. there's no uh, two ways about it. Three wins on the bounce as well yep. away from home against uh, uh, Columbus Crew, t- uh, Toronto FC, and then obviously Real Salt Lake. They don't go home until June 1st against LAFC. As for Real Salt Lake, I didn't really feel like there was a bad performance. It right. was slow, and, and I think that's why we lost it, and a little bit on our heels with the second balls that were in the box, mm-hmm. where the two goals came from. Um, sucks, but you got an opportunity to dust yourself down and go over the Rockies mm-hmm. uh, this weekend and play against a Colorado Rapids team that has just lost Benny Falhaber. Mm-hmm. And, and their head coach. And their head coach, was he? Yeah. Um, and there, just, there are a lot of turmoil there. Just, but, yeah. Uh, Again, kind of, uh, you know. My, again, Mike said it yesterday. It's, it, if you want to write up the script for a trap game, that's it. Yes, team that hasn't won a game yet, just lost uh, their head coach and one of their key playmakers. Defense has been the issue for that team um, throughout, and uh, I thought kind of interesting to see. And this is this is the way it's been all year. I guess, but uh, interesting, I thought, to see Tim Howard on uh, the broadcast crew today for the Champions League game. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I guess good for him and good for, you know, the opportunity. But, uh, you know, I, if, if I'm Colorado, I'd rather have that player with us than away from us. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I've never understood that you can leave your proper job that pays you almost two point four million dollars a season to go into a broadcast. You've got plenty of time in the off season mm-hmm. or after your career. Which anyway, I digress. Uh, Tim Howard, great uh, U.S. number one. For a long, long time uh, for the U.S. men's national team. But it's just it, the balance is off. Organization is a bit of a mess. And, I, I had this uh, conversation was... with, with uh, and, and speaking of Tim Howard, um, I had this conversation with Kobe Jones a couple weeks ago uh, on the award-winning Matt Gashk Interviews podcast over on the RSL Podcast Network. I think Excellent. I'm allowed to promote that, right, Trev? Okay. You just, uh, <laughs> just, you just did, and yeah, we can't do anything about hey, it. Um, you, get, you guys are partners. The The... A uh, conversation I had with him was uh, about when he was playing. There was him, there was Eric Winalda, there was Alexi Lalas, who were um, iconic 
U.S. players that kind of transcended the spectrum of just soccer fan, right? General sports fans in America knew them and knew them generally on site. The next generation you saw Landon Donovan the same way. He's a guy that would lead Sports Center. He's a guy that's on the Dan Patrick show. He's a big national brand. Who is that guy now? That carries the flag for the U.S. Tim Howard was to a degree in the in the fourteen World Cup. Sorry, I'm just pointing. <laughs> um, I'm, right, I'm right there. Uh, <laughs> but being that he'd spent so much of his career playing overseas, we didn't see him week in week out. Mm-hmm. You know, leading Sports Center. Christian Christian Pulisic is a guy that we see the highlights, but we don't really hear from him, and he's not really hasn't really taken that mantle as kind of the face and flag bearer for U.S. soccer. So, I, I mean, this kind of grossly divulges from where we or diverts from where we were heading. But um, I'm curious if that, you know, you look at the, the, the really strong teams in England, you knew Stevie G and Lampard and Beckham, and there were so many faces of, of, of those teams – Who's our guy now? Who's the who's the guy kind of leading and carrying the flag? I don't. Know. I mean, I'm kind of interested because Christina will be coming to Chelsea in the summer. Right. Um, if that takes it to another level, mm-hmm. um, it could well do. Um, I think Borussia Dortmund and Bundesliga is first of all a great team uh, and a great league. But the money, the the um, there's attention, the exposure. Yeah, the exposure. It, it might go up a notch. Uh, the only other one that I can think of right now that seems fun. But you just again, you don't hear a ton of. But Weston McKinney, uh, right. Schalke, I, I think he's he comes across a lot better than than uh, Christian Pulisic. But uh, you know, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, talking of Colorado <laughs> Rapids, they have made a couple of moves today. Yeah. They got uh, a, a centre back from Columbus on loan, Lalas Abubakar. Abubakar. Yeah. Abubakar. Um, I was going to mess that one up, and then they did grab uh, young Jonathan Lewis, uh, mm-hmm. a winger. Uh, from NYCFC. So they they have made some moves. Obviously, they got rid of Benny Fellhaber. All right. But I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm curious to see how that yeah. group shapes up under interim head coach Connor Casey. Who who would you want experience-wise? I think Kai Kamara is a very good experience uh, goal scorer. He's already scored goals this season. Mm-hmm. But I think that Benny Falhaber could have helped – People like Jonathan Lewis because mm-hmm. he's the guy that feeds the ball out wide. He's right. to feed it forward. Anyway, um, I'm very interested to see what Connor Casey does. Um, but uh, didn't start off great um, so far. They've, uh, I think, they've had just the one game underneath him. They lost three two at mm-hmm. home. Yeah, that, uh, against and Vancouver. That was, to be fair, one of their better games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Against another team that's also in transition as well yeah. under a, a, a very good uh, young coach. But, yeah, um, it, proof is going to be in the pudding, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, kind of interested to see. It's it's a, it's a in a lot of ways um, similar to the Cincinnati matchup, just in that um, it's really tough to gauge what they're going to look like um, because – you know what's what's Connor going to throw out there? What what's this team's identity? Um, as as much as those teams can be, uh, kind of bait on the hook, you know, so to speak. They're also uh, uh, 
can be dangerous. Just mm. the, the unknown can be a little dangerous sometimes. They've uh, certainly got goals in them. Let's put it that they way. They, they've certainly got some some danger up front. It's at the back where they've struggled this yeah. uh, this season so far, uh, Matt. And and you know Diego Rubio out on the red card. Um, that's uh, I would say promising for RSL <laughs> not not to have that uh, experienced um, kind of goal scoring attacker. Uh, they do have Mesquita coming off the bench, who's who's an option for them. I, I really like Kellen Acosta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious to see how how he fits into whatever the plans are uh, kind of moving forward. Uh, Rosenberry's good at right back. Um, Axel's a tough player in the middle, but if he's there by himself, I'm not sure how uh, strong defensively that would be. I think they've been playing three at yeah. the back uh, with, with wing backs. Um, they've been playing Danny Wilson, who's a center back by trade in mm-hmm. central midfield, alongside Jack Price, who is a defensive midfielder, and you've already got three defenders. So, ah, balance for me. Initially, yeah. when I'm looking, I'm like, balance is way too defensive. But again, if you're leaking goals like uh, the Titanic is leaking water, then you've got to try and shore it up somewhere. But I digress. There, there are there is a decent. They have some talent. Decent, on this team. decent players. Absolutely. It's, it's just. It's such a. I don't know. It feels so. Uh, like mismatched pieces of a puzzle, almost. You know. Um, it'd be. I. I, I don't know. I. I I shudder to be too uh, critical of, of the way they pieced their roster, but I, I just don't know what they are. You know, I think you look at so many teams in the league and you can say, all right, this team is – Dallas is developing young talent and putting the right veteran players in around that young talent to be successful. I think that's what uh, the target for RSL is as well. Mm-hmm. You look at LA Galaxy and, and LAFC and it's let's find – 29 30 year old you know 20 you know guys who are in their prime or in some cases just beyond it but we know what we're going to get from them and that consistency and and there's no guessing game of what we're going to get from a guys week in week out um seattle the same way um i don't know what what colorado's like modus operandi is you know they <laughs> they're just uh, they've got a lot of good pieces um, but what's the what's the target here with that group? And and to be honest with you, if it's not um, around or fo- featured around Kellen Lacosta, then you're doing it wrong. At right. 23 years old, uh, U.S. Men's National Team regular um, can play that number 10 role, can play that number eight role, mm-hmm. um, can play uh, a couple of positions. But if you get in the midfield, um, I think he could be the midfield general particularly on the back of a new three-year contract for the Rapids. If, we, if they're not building around him, uh, it'll be a bit, bit of a strange one, in my opinion. We're going to head to our first break. You're listening to, well, I guess our only break, to the Lions Den. All right, welcome back into the Lions Den. Myself, Spencer Warren, alongside me, Matt Gash, from uh, the PR side of Real Salt Lake. Director of PR, right? Yeah, director. That's the, that's the official Director title. of PR, VP of Snacks. 
It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I do, I do believe Dan Egner is the VP of uh, all assorted teas. Is that yeah, correct? Yes. And socks. And socks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Him and Tim Weaver uh, kind of run the tea department at Real Salt Lake. Yeah, very, very English of them. Yeah. That's very strange. Tim Weaver, little known fact, he's our, uh, he's our uh, team administrator, director of team administration. Anyhow, huge Swindon Town fan. Oh, up the Robins? Yeah, I think. I guess. Yeah. Little known fact, I've actually played at the county ground. Really? When I was in school. Yeah, about 15. Um, yeah, Swindon. Lots of roundabouts and not a lot else. He, he's part of their uh, official supporter group. He, he sends a, a little check over every year, and every year he gets a little gift basket from uh, the organiza- from Swindon Town. He's a... I have to meet him now. You d- really should. Right. I mean, this guy. Uh, That's hard again. Pull. We're getting uh, far diverted from. Where Is we're this headed maybe originally. a possible guest on the line? Oh my game? gosh! <laughs> uh, this if, if so, I'm not kidding you. It will be the most entertaining show. Well, this, he's, what are we waiting for? He's he is. Uh, I I mean, it's not the invitation. It's more he's got to feel like. We're up to it, you know. He's wow. oh, we he's are. got some standards. We are. We got to raise Mr. raise our game. Is we that gotta, what it is? We got to bring the James Brown robe out for him. Like, tell him that we have Tom Hackett as one of the <laughs> hosts, and and then he'll be hooked. He he is. I'm not kidding. The funniest person I've ever met who's not trying to be funny. Oh, excellent! Like, Carl. and I and that's 100 percent a compliment. Like like Carl from uh, from the Ricky Gervais yes. thing. It just doesn't mean to be funny, but he just really is hilarious. Yeah, and it, done. We've yeah. got to get him on. Oh my gosh, we've got to get him on. Matt, he, he you says, definitely got to talk to him now. He, he got to hook it up. The fun, I mean, I'll, I, we'll get him on. Yeah, we'll there was it. a Sunday we got back from a road trip, and he says, uh, "Hey, the uh, the girlfriend's out of town. Uh, maybe we'll go see a movie or something, or, or maybe." Uh, Play video games, his words hit the sticks. Uh, <laughs> and it, I'm is like, that actually still a thing? And I'm like, all right. Yeah. What is it, Atari? Yeah. Playing Atari? No, no, no. Uh, PlayStation. Oh, okay, okay. With the, uh, you know, whatever. All right. The, uh, the GameCube. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, just give me a call. And then we have Monday off. He sees me on Tuesday, and, he, and it's like this light bulb goes off over his head, and he goes, oh, I was going to call you on Sunday. <laughs> But then I just went about my day. <laughs> <laughs> See? Standards. Oh yeah, he's like, he thought about you yeah, and he's like, he thought about yeah. it and he was like, no, no. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on from uh, Tim Weaver, the, uh, the director, director of, of administration, team yes. administration. Uh, I've got to meet him now and uh, absolutely. But um, team uh, Here's another thing you should oh, know about him. Okay. He, does, he does not care to meet people. <laughs> I th- I think he feels like he's met the right amount of people in his life. Well, <laughs> doesn't so he doesn't really, need to. Add doesn't to really it? need to meet. Anyone. Okay. Well, he hasn't met Tom Hackett he's or, or Spencer like Warren, and way. so he hasn't yeah. completed the whole collection yet. Because as soon as he meets Spencer Warren, then, yeah. then he then he can say that we can hit the sticks. My yeah. parents, my, <laughs> yeah. my parents were in town this weekend too. Tom Hackett, and I made it to the show. Just, yeah, exactly. Well, Tom. Tom's They're still here, though, and mine went home. So. Yeah, Tom, Tom's <laughs> yeah. a little, little bit of, of uh, you know. They're a little bit further faulty. away than my parents they, as well. They had so. to sit on a, on a plane maybe yeah. a tad longer. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, back uh, to soccer. Yeah, back to soccer. <laughs> uh, miss you, Tom. 
And hi, Tim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, team sh- updates. Yes. We uh, have lots of players coming back. Yes. Uh, people that were making the bench. People almost making the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, go for it. Two that are approaching availability. Not there yet. Eric Holt and Everton Louise. I think Everton... Um, both of them were back into more activity than they were last week, which I know is a really, really vague way to put it. But um, I would say don't expect either of them this week. But next week, um, as we get into next week, I think it's probably an increasing possibility. And then the following week, I, w- I would um, – I hate to put this timetable on them, but just looking at their progression – me not being a doctor, um, I would guess that if they're, they should be ready three games from now is what I'm anticipating. Everything uh, crossed there. Nick Romando back in training yesterday was almost in full yesterday. Um, Mike said yesterday we should know uh, his availability tomorrow, Thursday to those, Thursday to those listening on Thursday. Because Wednesday is the day off. Yes. Um, Luke is back in full training. Luke Mar- is back in. Mar- Tony Beltran had a oh. slight setback, um, so he was unavailable this last week. Um, Kyle Beckerman update. Kyle Beckerman is is <laughs> his words to me. One day better. All right. So he's improving. Um, he had a little hamstring tightness last week, um, and by little hamstring tightness. It's on Kyle Beckerman's level. Of, so it's probably a it's, lot of hamstring tightness. But he's able to tough through so much. Uh, he's He's been working uh, with the trainers, getting uh, getting healthy and fit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no no update on whether or not he'd be available this weekend yet. But uh, And then Marcelo uh, was back on the bench uh, this last weekend as well. So he- trending in the right Tre- Yeah, I think everyone's trending in the right direction. Uh, no new injuries from the game Saturday, so uh, progressing in the in the right way, getting guys back into action, and um, hopefully having a few more of them this weekend against Colorado. Huge props to Utah Media actually asking some proper questions at that Tuesday press, well, um, media, yeah, media uh, conference with uh, with Mike Pecky, um, and people are saying, oh. We, you know, people might be scared of 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 my pecky. Sure, I mean he's a Jersey guy. He can be a little bit brash, but if you ask him a question, mm-hmm. he's never had a problem answering it. Mm-hmm. So stop being wusses and answer the question, or ask the question. And they did. And he actually gave a couple of people props. Was like, hey, a good mm-hmm. question. That must warm the cockles of your heart, because yeah. it was an absolute or. or- Give you false confidence, and he's setting you be. up to just knock you back down again. No, I'm kidding. Well, uh, <laughs> you can listen to the uh, the coaches show, my Pecky's uh, coaches show with Brian Dunseth, where he actually addressed that. You know, yeah, cool, excellent, wonderful, uh, better than the absolute debacle <laughs> Over on, on kslsports.com. Yeah, or on the KSL TV app. Yep. Yeah, you can I, do I, that. I was actually going to chime in and ask you, Spence, if you knew where to find the coaches show. I actually watched it today on, on Twitter. Um, well, I, uh, well, I saw your write-up beforehand, which was atrocious. He knew I wrote it. Oh, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, it was a very good show, uh, but it's better than the- wasn't, uh, that, wasn't that like what I just explained? The, hey, I saw your write-up, which was atrocious. That was I like, know, it's that's like, like, it's like first like, hey, hey, he, he saw it, and then he said how bad it was, and I'm just, it's like from 
from brightness to darkness like that, you know? It's a side of the mouth compliment. That's all I'm going to say. And I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but I learned it off of Mike Pecky, obviously. Now, building you up and smashing you back down. Uh, but no, I mean, it, the, the show with Brian Dunseth yep. and Mike Pecky yesterday was, was fun, or I watched it today, I should say. Um, roles reversed. Yeah. <laughs> he was asking the questions. <laughs> you, uh, can you I like give that? you a little behind the scenes on that, too? Go for it. Yes, please. Uh, Tyler Gibbons writes the script for it. And you'll notice in the first few seconds, Mike says, the turns have tabled. Yes. <laughs> I noticed that. 100% the way Tyler wrote it in the script. And neither Mike or Brian caught it on the air right away. Or if they did, they didn't. Just try to play it off. <laughs> so is, it, it off. is this kind of like... Ron on, Burgundy. Uh, yeah, Ron, yeah, yeah, Ron, Ron Burgundy. The turns have tabled. I am not gonna I am not making fun of our head coach because he I, will murder. It me. was a very entertaining excellent side piece of the of the uh, big picture of the Mike Pickey coach. I also loved how, how he he was saying or he asked Dunny, he's like, Why do you hate me and why do you hate the team? <laughs> Uh, it was good. If you haven't if you haven't caught it yet, uh, after you've listened to us, then you must go watch it. It was it was a great watch. Or um, you can pause this right now, go watch the Mike Becky Coaches Show, and then come back to us. Yes. Are you back? You have so many options. <laughs> You're back. What do you think of the Coaches Show? Excellent work, guys. Well done for listening. Um, what are we going to go and do next? Oh, uh, Atlanta just scored against uh, Toronto FC. That's two teams trying to figure stuff out with a lot of money. And they'll be coming here in the next two weeks. Yes. A lot of interest in that game for Real Salt Lake fans who want to know about our next two opponents after Colorado. Fingers crossed. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you, uh, speaking of soccer outside of Real Salt Lake, I don't know if you saw the game yesterday. Which one are we talking about? <laughs> Is there another Major League Soccer game on a Tuesday night? Yeah, what are you talking about? Ah. What? So for you. I'm still pitting out. Obviously, <laughs> one game held more. Uh, we're talking UEFA Champions League. I don't care what Trevor says. Uh, <laughs> I was more just like setting it up to where, yeah. you know, to see if, if, we if he was just. There's no chance you know, we were going a half hour without talking about those two fan games. Bo- well, I asked you guys. I'm <laughs> like, hey, should we talk about it? And Matt's like, I'm pretty sure we'll end up bringing it up. And yeah. I, I seriously thought that Spence was going to start out the show saying go Reds or something like that. Yeah. You know, something. Well, this is the Reds' den now. Yeah. <laughs> turn, turn, turning segment. the Lions' den into the Reds' den. Yeah. No, if you are. Which game were you more sure of going into it? Uh, going into this today, yeah. uh, well, uh, after the two games, I was absolutely sure that it was going to be a Barcelona Ajax final. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you go, uh, you know, whatever fifty five, sixty minutes into into the game today, I'm like a hundred percent sure Ajax is going to the final. Yep, unbelievable finish in both games. If you're not a soccer fan. You just got to go watch those two games and get uh, get converted. That is absolutely mental, and and anything can happen. And yeah, and Salah's out, and Kane is out, and both teams score these ridiculous comebacks. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, my my timeline is full of drivel for the last uh, twenty four hours. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Yes, most of it 
not safe for the eyes of yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't look. Let your kids look at my my timeline. It's absolutely horrendous. All right, Spano. I I, I just got to ask. So yes. as, as as the Reds were coming back, when when did you start thinking that there was a possibility of them completing the comeback? Which goal? Uh, the first one. The first one. Minutes. Really? Because they were so on it from the off. Because it was they they could have scored after forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. So I knew they were on. But after the first one, I'm like. They're going to do it for nothing. If you couldn't see that, guys, I, I stretched my neck out. I was like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, it's on. Um, but then riding your luck. Uh, but the two goals in, in, in two minutes. I, I didn't take the afternoon off of work because I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> but watching it at my desk, with what was being put on my timeline, being verbally projected around the office that i'm in i'm lucky i'm still employed <laughs> i'm not gonna lie there was a couple of moments there where people were like i'm also shocked that our our sports director nate nate dowdle is too because i i mean i was off uh i was off at work on tuesday so i wasn't here to see him as he watched the meltdown yeah i i mean i sent him a text message at full time oh yeah he know he he already told me about it oh he, did, he was clever did he yeah i won't say what he said Anyway, uh, then, so yeah. Speaking of meltdowns, Ajax goes up 3-0 at home at halftime. And even into the second half, it looked like, all right, they've got this wrapped up. And then four, goal, three goals. Three goals. Three goals. Lucas Moura. Uh, unbelievable. So June 1st, that's your Champions League final in Madrid. It's a Saturday, so it should be for before Real yep. Salt Lake's game. They're on the road that day um, against New York Rebels, yep. I believe. Um, so you'd be able to get that. I will probably be parked up in a bar somewhere because I'll be doing some work later on that afternoon, so hopefully it doesn't go to extra time or penalties because that work is not going to be done. Priorities. Um, how long have we got left, Trevor? Um... I'm pretty sure we're going to wait for Tom to do that that yellow card thing, right? Oh, I don't want to do that yellow card thing. Yeah. That's Tom, because I, I don't know his wordage behind it. It's very, very tricky. How about a little preview? Hey, we're going to do score predictions. Yeah, score predictions. And uh, oh, we'll talk about the other games that are going to be going on. We could also well. uh, point out, Nick Beasler, I thought, did a fine job in, in filling in for Kyle Beckerman. That is where I needed to go because I had that thought before we came on air. Yeah. Nick Beasler filling in for Kyle Beckerman. Solid work in the midfield. And that ball to uh, Corey Baird's feet yep. for the goal. Uh, perfectly weighted that allowed Corey Baird just to flick that on to Sam yep. Johnson. Um, and you're looking at Nick Beasler who's making his first start of the 2019 season. Um, at Hadn't played a game for the Monarchs yet. Hadn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that they've needed in that substitute role all year, um, and to, for him to step up, I thought I thought he did a fine job there. Uh, Happy birthday, Nick! Twenty five. That's right. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. 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 I think he yeah, turned twenty five. Um, a lot of birthdays around there. Um, Saturday, I was on the Monarchs call. Four mm-hmm. um, two loss to Fresno. Unfortunate. But that Ricardo Avila, the Panamanian international, mm-hmm. I don't think it will be too long until you see him for Real Salt Lake. He's got a little bit about him. 
and not only you know 170 180 odd minutes uh, playing for the uh, in a world cup but uh, the kid has got something a little bit extra special and Josh Hurd's goal that was a bit ridiculous for those that didn't see it take them through what uh, what oh, they no, made no, no, you go for it you brought it up well well weren't I'm, you on the call i'm tr- hey back off <laughs> I, I i don't remember how the ball got played through but uh, it comes to him at what the, six, the edge of the sixth? Yes, on the edge of the sixth. And he doesn't even. It's it's not even like a look over the shoulder and see where it's going. He just backheels it in, like no look backheel goal. He changed that game, and and for for the most part, I mean, uh, the Monarchs were chasing the game a little mm-hmm. bit at that point, so they left themselves a little bit exposed at the back. But when he came on on the right wing, yeah. Absolute graft. There a lot of pace about him, mm. and, and was an instant threat. Um, Canadian kid. He, he, Canadian, is yeah. He? Played at University of Washington. I actually saw him play quite a bit at Washington uh, back when I lived up there. Um, and he's just fun to watch because he's just a hard, hard worker. So, has he played under Craig Weibel then? He was under Craig Weibel. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Tate Schmidt playing uh, on the left wing. Um, Played, I think he's played in midfield for the Monarchs as well mm-hmm. this season. So yeah, it's kind of some some good minutes here and there. Uh, Michael Chang, who everybody knows about, mm-hmm. um, scored a cracking goal, uh, the first goal. Uh, that guy, he Monarchs. only scores bangers, man. Yeah, every goal is just eye popping. Yeah, Douglas Martinez went off in the first half injured, and uh, Michael Chang went from playing the number ten. He wasn't on the wing; played from number, he was at the number ten, moved to, to front uh, up front, and it just lost. He just. Kind of phased out the game a little bit, which because he needs to be the center, not the center of attention in a bad way. You just need to run the ball through him. Um, score predictions: We have. Can, can I can I also interrupt for just one oh, second? Do you have to and uh, talk about the Royals for a minute? Yeah, three straight, three games, three How about that? Seats. How about that? Three games, and then they're going to lose how many teams to the or how many players to the World goals, Cup? Three goals, three one nil wins. <laughs> Amy Rodriguez was at the Monarchs game. Yeah, so she was, was uh, Laura Harvey. I think um, uh, Mandy Laddish may have been there as well. A few I think so. Yeah, yeah, there's a few people around. Um, but, I mean, what a start. Yeah, What great. a start to the season for, for the Royals because it it didn't fizzle out at the end of last season. It was just a little bit of a disappointing end because of they the finished, fanfare. They finished right? the year strong, um, but they'd put themselves in such a hole at the start of the year by winning, I think, one of their first seven Six or seven, yeah. yeah and uh, at this point, I mean, it, it took them I, – I wrote this down. I wish I had it in front of me. I think it took them eight games to get to nine points last year. And now they've done it through three. Three games, yeah. This weekend they're at home against the Houston Dash, 130 kick from Rio Tinto Stadium. If you don't have tickets, I recommend getting them. I'll say this again. My parents were here over the weekend. They went to the Royals game, and they. I want to say it was their first pro women's game they've been to. And they were awed by how entertaining the soccer was, how athletic the players were. Um, If they weren't sold on on Utah Royals FC heading into Friday night, uh, they certainly were by halftime of that game. They were um, thrilled about what they saw and – um, it's such a it's so easy to forget because we have it right on our in our back uh, in, you know in our backyard but these are some of the best players in the world and they're right here and 
We can watch them every week. It is the only home game this weekend in Utah. Yeah. Uh, the Monarchs have a week uh, off. Um, so they won't be. They'll be uh, back next week. I think they're actually on the road as well. I think maybe I'm lying. I'll double check my information. Uh, you know what? You listen to a podcast. You've got plenty of time to go and look it up <laughs> yourself. Uh, but the Royals, the only uh, um, game that's going to be uh, in Utah this weekend, one thirty kick against Houston Dash. Definitely worthwhile making a trip out, especially for a nice early kickoff. The weather's yeah, getting beautiful. It was lovely, the Monarchs game. Yeah. Um, still have a- still have time to, to get home and, and check out the, the RSL Colorado match after. Exactly, yep. exactly. And then find out who uh, the Monarchs are actually playing the week after as well. So <laughs> lots, of, lots of time. Score predictions, score predictions. Let's go with, with the Royals against Houston Dash. Matty Gash. Ooh. I'm I'm just gonna say one nothing because I think it's just, just that streak is gonna keep rolling. It's kind of a trend. Yeah, I'm gonna trend. say three nothing Royals. I'm going one nil as well because I want four one nil wins. I mean, you're just getting value for money. Twelve points, job but, done. But then I'm going two one RSL over Colorado because that's kind of been the trend the last yeah, two games. That's fair. Um, even though they haven't gone in in favor of RSL, I think this time it will because Colorado is really really bad, but. Because I, I would normally say like four one or something like that because Colorado's just really bad, but I I still think it's that trap game that mm. that you know Mike was talking about. So I'm going to go two one Real Salt Lake on the road. Matty, I am going to say four one. I feel like it's very similar to the uh, Cincinnati game, like I said earlier, and, and I just feel like that's a good opportunity for. Um, RSL players, some some guys to have breakouts again. I think I feel like Sam's got another one in him. I feel like Albert might have one in him. Uh, Corey Jefferson, those guys are all due. I think to uh, to kind of have a breakout performance. And between the four of them, I think we got, we've got four in us. Wow, uh, they have no Diego Rubio, correct? correct. He is suspended. For that game against Real Salt Lake at 7 p.m. kick, I believe it's 7 p.m.? Yep, correct. It is 7 p.m. Uh, I'm going 3-0. Um, with Diego Rubio, I thought I think that uh, Diego Rubio and Kai Kamara have worked well together. Uh, I'm yet to see anybody that uh, can really partner Kai uh, in that, uh, that, that they have attacking-wise. You've got um, uh, Nicholas Mosqueda, who's more... Tacky midfielder, in my opinion, and Jonathan Lewis, who's just arrived. I'd expect him to start, but he's uh, he's a wide player. But 3-0 in favor of Real Salt Lake. That'll do it. From myself, Matt Gash, director of PR, Trevor Allen, as always, producer. Thanks for tuning in. Say hello to your mum for us. Up the lads. Brah. <laughs>